may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny It's the first of two view from the ninnians this week As we have a big game on the weekend against those bastards from down west Uh, Joining me as usual this week is Ben Price Ben, you have a new microphone? I do, finally got it working, which I'm very excited about He's very excited about that. And Tom, you have a soda stream. I do have a soda stream. It's been a, it's been a mad week here. Well, it's been household. a big week for us all, isn't it? Obviously, Ben's got a new mic. You've got a soda stream. I've got some new trainers. Um, we've had a lovely time, haven't we? <laughs> and, and, lockdown. Oh, well, you got a new car as well, Ben. And I booked into the barbers, and that's probably the highlight of my week. Nice. I'm you, very you jealous of you being it. able to have a haircut. Because, yeah, you do need it, but your hair is nowhere near as long as mine. Um, which is getting to ridiculous levels at the moment. It's mullity. Without going like, you know, all bromance, you, you you pull off the long hair. Mine doesn't grow long. Mine just grows out. It's yeah, very so. emo at the moment. Yeah, I've got proper 2006. You look like you could be the lead singer of like My Chemical Romance or Fall Out Boy, one of the, the good emo bands. Yeah. <laughs> one of the bad Basically, ones. Jared Way after he got really fat. Don't have a go at Jared Way. I've got tattooed on my thigh. Have you? Yeah, have you not seen this? Well, I haven't seen your thigh, you know. <laughs> I'll show you. This is good for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Very visual oh. for the listeners. But again, this I'll, do, is I'll do an audio description. Ben lifts up his short leg to reveal a tattoo of Gerard Way with masculinity as a prison underneath it. But that's before he got fat. It was before he got fat. This is very early Gerard Way. Um, would you think, you know, going completely off tangent here, would Gerard Way be a Cardiff fan, Ben? I don't know. Who do you think he would support if he supported a football team? I've seen he one time randomly he was on holiday in Raider, so I'm going to go for them. <laughs> That's fair. What? Honestly, I used to follow him. A big Mike Uncle Romance fan. I had, you know, the Black Parade? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had one of those jackets. I, was, I had one of those jackets. because Of course I, you did. Yeah, yep. That doesn't surprise me. Yep, I had one of those. I was that guy. And, uh, you know, follow him on Instagram. Umbrella Academy is fantastic, all of that. And um, randomly, he was like on holiday in Wales. Oh, I wonder where he is. And he was in Raider. I so think I, he'd I, be a Forest Green fan. Is that because you think Jared Way is like an environmentally friendly person? I could just imagine him being like that, yeah. I don't, I don't know a lot about him. Not, not as much as Ben, obviously. No, evidently, evidently. Well, I'll go with Ben's assumption that he's a Raider fan then. Um, <laughs> that's fine, good. Uh, anyway, come for the My Chemical Romance chat. Stay for the Cardiff City chat. Let's talk about Watford, Ben. Um, one of those games we, you know, to, for anyone who didn't watch the game, we lost 2-1 to a 93rd minute free kick, which we'll get to. Um, but it was one of those games, Ben. We didn't deserve to lose, but we didn't necessarily deserve to win. Uh, what did you make of the game overall? Bit of a strange one, wasn't it? I enjoyed it. I didn't think the performance was horrific. I thought it was a decent game of football. It was one, probably one of the more enjoyable we've had. I thought we did all right at controlling Watford, who really could be a good side. Um, I was a bit worried and sort of pessimistic going in. Kieran Brown at left wing back with Saar running at him to, struck me with a bit of fear to begin with, but he did really well. Um, it's not like anyone had a shock. Well, I say no one had a shocker. Everyone had a, bit, a few minutes where it wasn't great, but I I thought it was all right. There's a lot of sort of people losing their minds on Twitter, sort of saying playoff hopes are gone and all of that. Like if we perform like that most weeks, we'll be all right. I don't think it was a bad game at all. We we lost a lot worse. 
Tom, do you think the playoff hopes are gone? Obviously, Barnsley are just imperious at the moment. They're about seven points clear of us. Um, do you think that's the end of the playoff hopes? Or do we have, we'll obviously talk about the next 10 games, but do you think we still have a chance? Still have a chance, yeah. But I think we're playing well enough to be in with a shout. But the problem is, is you, I just can't see the Barnsley train kind of stopping at the moment. They're playing some really good stuff. They're behind against Bournemouth and then come back to win as well. Like, it's just, that's the type of game... We kind of need them to lose, do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they run. That's one of the tougher games they've got from now until the end of the season, compared to us, where we've got some really tricky fixtures coming up. Coming up. Um, I, th- I, I, I can see us going on another run at some point, but we just got to rely on them dropping points, and I just don't see them dropping many from now on in. Ben, we, we talked about uh, just off air. We talked about the the, the possession statistics uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, we our goal yesterday came by. Uh, an own goal, which was quite a good own goal. It was great work by Josh Murphy down the left. He put a great cross in and more would have scored if the defender hadn't touched it in. But we didn't really trouble their keeper apart from that. Murphy got through a few times. He overran the ball. The ball went in the box. More would head it over, that kind of thing. Um, do you think we we didn't create enough is one thing. And what does that come down to? Is it simply not having the ball enough in dangerous areas? We, we talked about, you know, I think we had 35% possession. We 140 accurate passes. Um, why aren't we troubling the keeper enough? I think... Perry and G still not quite match sharp. I think he adds so much to us going forward. We've seen that since he's come to the club. He's really, really got us going a lot of times and just really hard to deal with. You've also done us Bennett on the left-hand side. He was good, get, re, getting really comfortable at bombing forward and sort of pushing on. Kieran Brown as a centre-back isn't naturally going to be in centre, like instinctively nowhere to run and run into those channels. That takes a lot out of it and you're sort of losing a fair bit there. But also, I think, for me, I think the biggest worry was... I can't believe I'm saying this, but Marlon Pack missing really, really stopped us getting anything going. Mm. Um, He's like the metronome, isn't he? Just rules and rules and volts. They have their moments where they're brilliant, they work well together, but a lot of the time they're just too similar and it's just doesn't have the right balance you sort of need with someone like Marlon Pack in there with one of the other two. Tom, who would you who would you bring Marlon Pack in for then out of uh, rolls and volts? I think I, I I have my opinion. I think I'd bring him in for Volks at the moment, but would you would you differ from that? No, I'd agree. I think he's had a big run of games now, Volks, and um, I think you need to take him out, give him a run, give um, Pack a run with Rolls. You know, when now Rolls has come back in, trying together again. Um, like we said before, when when Volks plays well, we kind of play well as a side, but he has these dips in form, and it feels like it's one of those at the moment. So. Yeah, maybe give him a couple of couple of games on the sidelines. You know, we've got international break coming up as well, so he might be away from the squad there as well with that. Um, so yeah, yeah, why not give him a bit of a rest for the next couple of games? I think. Uh, ben, you touched on it there. Um, the 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 left sided situation. Um, I thought Kieran Brown looked steady. Uh, he wasn't spectacular. He he looked relatively solid at left back. Obviously, in a position that he's probably not used to playing so much as he is more of a centre half. Um, uh, Nick seventy tweeted in and says, "Looks like NG can play left wing back with two two right wing back as a possibility in coming weeks. That could really be exciting. Help out in the final third where we were lacking a little bit on Saturday. Um, is that the difference really between Brown and Bennett? Brown is less likely to bomb forward and get onto the ball. And are you happy with Brown as an option, or would you would you go with what Nick said there, play NG at left back? Um, based off what we saw with um, Nelson coming off um, and Brown slotting in there." NG looked good at left back. Again, he's mm-hmm. comfortable on both feet and it works well. And again, it gives us that attacking option. If we can get Osei Tutu fit for more than 20 seconds, then I think that probably addresses 
Yeah, fingers crossed. But I think that addresses the issues like we said, like I said, that the fullbacks weren't bombing on and weren't attacking and sort of helping in that area. So yeah, I, that's sort of what I'd hope to see us go with. I like Kieran Braggs. He looks like a pirate. I think he should stay on, on that basis alone, Tom. Yeah. I can't argue with that. I can't argue with it. I won't. <laughs> well, do, you, do you not think, you know, defenders, we often talk about defenders getting forward as swashbuckling. If he looks like a pirate, therefore he is swashbuckling. Therefore, he's more likely to be marauding forward, isn't he? Yeah, possibly. That's it's kind of good. It's a very good <laughs> logic, word association. Um yeah, go for it. Why not? <laughs> I just Thank want you. to overdub Pirates of the Caribbean now and every dribbles with the ball. <laughs> I've, let me shock you, Ben. I've never seen the Pirates of the Caribbean film. Just watch the first one. Rest. Nah. All right, that's good. That's Ben's film's review over for another week. Um, I think one of my favourite moments of the, yesterday's game, uh, Tom, we, we, we praised uh, one of my other favourite players already, Marlon Pack. Let's praise my other favourite player, Aidan Flint. Um he was probably the best defender on the pitch yesterday. Very solid, uh, looked almost unbeatable in the air, got forward really well. He almost scored a winner with a bicycle kick. Um, how class would that have been? And he's very agile for a man who's about six foot six and clearly all limbs, isn't he? As a tall man who's quite agile as well, I quite like that. You know, you? Well, I'm making it about me. All right? <laughs> good. <laughs> no, no, it's good to see. I think he's, he's due a goal, though. You know, he's goal. He hasn't scored in a long time. So it was good it, technique on the bicycle, wasn't it? It was a powerful shot, to be fair. It's a pity because it would have been such a good time to score, wouldn't it? Because they wouldn't have come back for that from that. And but yeah, he's looking solid at the moment. Like like we said before, like he, he's benefiting from the system that we're playing. And yeah, he's shining at the moment because it's just allowing him to play to his strengths. Mm-hmm. Um it's, and we've gone from earlier in the season where we were kind of looking at the centre-back area as maybe one of our kind of problem areas. And we've gone back to being, that's our most consistent area now. We don't worry about that. When we're on about making changes, we haven't gone anywhere near suggesting taking any of the centre-backs out. Mainly yeah. because we haven't got much of a backup there either. But, you know, they, I don't know, they, they seem to have found a way to play and we're kind of really benefiting from it at the moment. Uh, ben, another player had a good game. Josh Murphy uh, obviously set up the goal, um, looked dangerous. He kind of, I think he put, was it Will Hughes on his ass by just running at him? It might yeah. have not been a Will Hughes. I can't remember who it was, but he put a Watford player on his ass by simply running at him, um, but overran the ball. Um, with, with 10 games left, obviously we've got people like Murphy, Wilson. Is, is their magic going to be key to, to unlocking defences and getting those results? He, he could have made, the, he made the difference yesterday with the setting up the first goal, but over the next 10 games where the games are tight, he's going to be key, right? Yeah, I think he's going to run at poorer defences than the defence Watford have. And I think he's going to cause them a lot of problems. Um, the ball for the own goal was just superb. It was very reminding me of the goal at the Euros against Northern Ireland, that sort of ball where the defender has to go for it because if he doesn't... It was right on the six-yard box, wasn't it? If the keeper comes yeah, it's it, perfect. It's yeah. Yeah. He was unlucky to, about two minutes before that as well where he'd sort of run through. And I think if it was probably 10 minutes later in the game, he's taken a shot instead of taking that extra touch. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely our most creative outlet the whole game and Ojo probably didn't have the same impact when he came on to fill in that role um, Murphy's going to be vital for us next for the rest of the season I think he's really looking confident he's looking up for it and he's sort of not shying away from the ball which is sort of the one thing we all criticised him for before He's actually showing for the ball a lot, isn't he? He wants it he wants to take it on and I, I, I someone tweeted at me in the game as well that um, he's 
he's getting a bit more stuck in in the box as well. He's putting himself about a little bit, jockeying defenders, being a bit of a shithouse, which I think is is what we've always wanted from Murphy, isn't it? We we know he's a brilliant footballer, but sometimes he doesn't show the commitment that other players do. He felt like a bit of a wet wipe at times. Mm. Really, really soft. And that's gone from his game. He looks up for it, he looks ready, and he's not afraid to get stuck in. And I'm really enjoying it because, look, we, there's a reason we paid £11 million for him. It's not because Neil Warnock shifted transfers and our board can't negotiate. Because, look, He's a talented, talented player. We just haven't got the best out of him. And he's love. he seemingly is really, really loving the sort of man management of McCarthy and uh, TC and yeah. also that new, more advanced role. Not quite a winger, but not quite a number 10 either. Yeah, I think, he, I think yeah, the, it's almost like a role that's ready made for him. And I think the fact that we're not playing him as an out-and-out winner means he's free to, out-and-out winger, sorry, he's free to, free from the defensive shackles that he might have and he can just bomb forward and get on the ball, especially when we're counter-attacking. It, it's, it's, it's a joy to watch. Um, Tom, I'll come to you on this one. Um, I've just written Phillips Howler, what on earth was he doing? Uh, Nathan LCCFC, Phillips doesn't deserve to be dropped and has saved us more points than he's cost us. But what was he doing with that free kick? It was not the best free kick, seemingly a poor free kick as well. Um I, that's, I, I'm, I'm loath to criticise him too harshly because he has been brilliant since he's come in. Save what, two penalties against Preston, you know, stared down the Huddersfield penalty, has made brilliant saves against Huddersfield as well, that late one on when, it, with it, when he tipped it wide. But can you try and explain, as someone who's played in goals a fair bit, can you try and explain what happened with that free kick? I've, I've watched it and I'm not quite sure what he's seen because he's mm. got a relatively clear view of the, of the shot. I don't think there's many people running across his view I don't know. He's just kind of died for it and just completely misjudged it. It's... He's gambled on where it's going. Yeah. He's gambled on how well that player struck it because he's thinking normally he's, he can hit him well. Yeah, he's going to go into that corner, right? Which, yeah. Yeah, yeah is, is, is understandable, but it just looks bizarre, doesn't it? It's poor. It's really poor from him. Like, I'd be disappointed, like, messing about down, like, power leagues or, like, in, on a Sunday league pitch or something. If I'd done that, I'd be fuming. Because he doesn't get like near it really. He kind of kind of half gets a hand close to it, but it's really poor. And at that stage of the game as well, it's just like you don't drop him for it, but it's just such bad goalkeeping. It's I mean the the, the telling reaction out there all was Sean Morrison's reaction. He kind of stood on the line behind him and he just puts his hand to his mouth as if he's he can't believe what he's quite seen and he's not even sure how it's gone in. Because and the wall has done the same, haven't they? They've turned yeah, around they've and all, gone, "What the hell has happened? What's there? happened here?" Because it was straight down his throat. Um, yeah, I yeah I I you know again, I, Phillips has been brilliant and I I really don't want to put the blame on him. And, and Mick McCarthy alluded to the same thing and in, in, he said, you know, you have to ask him what he's done, but I'm not going to blame him for it because he's been brilliant, basically. But it was just bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, you yeah, blame him for it. I think you can blame him for it. Like, that's fine. It's just, it's not droppable. Completely, moment, yeah. Completely. Isn't it? Like, yeah. He had a couple of moments, though, during that game. There's a few times where Flint and Morrison sort of telling for him to come for it. There was, I don't know if he's like had a, like a bad week in training or what. There was just that lack of confidence that he sort of had the other weeks when he was coming for the ball. He's been quite like quite commanding in the box normally and sort of take not afraid to take it or come out with a punch. There's mm. a few times, sort of, especially in the first half, where Flint was sort of half expecting him to come for it and he just wouldn't quite come. And that's that puts under a bit of pressure. I was a bit worried then, but um, yeah, it's just one of those. Isn't it? That's the tough thing with being a goalkeeper one mistake, yeah, that's exactly it. Mm. Exactly it. Similar to refereeing. Um, and I thought we'd end up on talking about the referee. I mean, Keith Stroud was the referee yesterday. I, I, I kind of said terrible refereeing. I, it's hard to think of a decision he got wrong. He got a decision he made that was really wrong, Ben, but he just didn't seem to have a control over the game, did he? It was just, just shite, wasn't he? It was just poor kind of 
almost like fussy refereeing over little things. And he would let some things go and then call it up. It was just what you come to expect from Keith Stroud. But I'm going to end it on the kind of Watford attitude. I thought Watford, they kind of walked around the pitch as if they were proper shithouses, when in reality they were a bunch of absolute fannies. Um, and I think it, it was kind of summed up by the end uh, the end of the game with, was it Sierra Alter, um, their defender, which either sounds like a computer program or a drink. Um, kind of ran over to Aidan Flint, shouted in his face and then ran off when Aidan Flint reacted. I mean, that kind of just sums up Watford as a football club, doesn't it? Just a complete waste of time. Pure fannies, isn't it? It's proper, it's not good shithousery. We've seen, this this weekend, I think I've seen some of the best shithousery I've seen on a I mean, Kevin day. Ellison, in a own your shithousery. Oh, that's class. Like, like if you... If, if you're if you're Sierra Alter, if you're going to go and shout in Aiden Flint's face, then stay there for the reaction. At least embrace what's about to happen. Don't run off. Well, I think if he stands his ground, I don't think Flint reacts. I think it's the fact that he does it and then fucking literally runs Usain, around. Usain, Usain bolts yeah. it around his mates down the tunnel, like he was hiding behind. Was how old? Uh, how Pedro? Eighteen. Yeah. He was yeah. hiding behind an eighteen-year-old to stop Flint getting to it. And I'm like. Nah, you can be a shit house. Like, if you're gonna be a shit house, you front it. it up. Own your shit house, right? Yeah, don't fucking be a fanny with it. Yeah, it was it was pathetic, and I, you know, I think I think that's something McCarthy said after the game. He's like, if, if he'd stood there and let Flinty have at him for a bit, then fair enough. But the fact that he's run off, he's like, you just don't do that. You just no. do not do that. Um, which is a shame, really. Uh, it's a shame. Um, right, moving on. Obviously, Watford's done now. We're looking ahead to Tuesday in Stoke, which we'll cover in a bit more detail later. But um, we, we've got 10 games left, so 30 points now on the table, uh, which is bizarre, really. We've had a, almost the season both at once feels very long, but also quite short. I can't believe we will have basically have a whole season where no fans will have been in the ground. Um, and Neil Harris um, will have not got his dues. Um Bit of a reset now going into the last 10 games. Uh, you know, Tom, you said we've got a chance of getting into the playoffs. Do you think getting into the playoffs is going to happen? Do you think it's a reasonable expectation now? I don't think it's likely. We've got a chance. I think it's more likely that we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're... we're what would you rate at- it on a like on a, a scale of one to swashbuckling? Uh, how Swashbuckling being very likely to get the playoffs, one being not likely, where would you rate it? Can you can you make it your own scale. Yeah, can no, you just give me make a strong a- standard scale? <laughs> All right. Um, just give me a one to ten or something. What one to forty-three? One to forty-three. Uh, I'd say a seven. All right, and Ben, one to forty-three is getting the playoffs. What do you reckon? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. All right. I'll go. I'll go twenty-two because I think we're, we're almost at fifty-fifty because we'll either make the playoffs or we won't. I don't um, think Barnsley are the team we're chasing. I'm just looking at the table now. I well, like Reading. I think it's Reading. Well, I, this is the thing. This is what I, yeah, I that's got true. highlighted in here. Um, We've got seven points off the playoffs. Barnsley seem to be invincible. Bournemouth have dropped out somewhat. Who's getting the final playoff spot? It's basically between, at the moment, it's kind of between us, Borough and Bournemouth um, as the kind of final three chasing either sixth or sixth or fifth. Everyone's looking at Barnsley, but Ben, you've highlighted it. Reading have had moments this season where they've gone games where they can't seem to win. They've gone, you know, they've had their moments of falling out. Do you think it, they could be the team that drop out then? Yeah, I fancy them over Barnsley, the way Barnsley are playing. They seem like the confidence is there with Barnsley, but it's red and you never know really what you're going to get with them. Mm-hmm. They're very much like a box of chocolates in that way. Oh, yeah. What film's that from? Um, die Hard, I think. Die Hard, Die Harder. I mean, if you look at Barnsley's last games, they've got <laughs> Wickham, Sheffield Wednesday. They've got to play Reading, which could be the big game yeah, in that, in that lot. 
Luton, they've also got Middlesbrough, Coventry, Huddersfield, Barnsley, Norwich and Preston. I mean, it's it's even split, isn't there, Tom, between crap teams when you're looking at teams like Wickham, who did win this weekend, Sheffield Wednesday were fighting it out at the bottom, uh, Coventry who haven't been doing so well, but the teams that are very much in and around them. So they could either, they're very much in control of their own fate, but a couple of losses there could seal the deal for them. Yeah, looking at Reading's running, theirs is, it's tough, man. Like they've got Birmingham, QPR, but then they've got Barnsley, yeah, Barnsley, Derby, Watford, us, Luton, Swansea, Norwich and Huddersfield. That's some tough I, I, teams yeah. there. Like compared I mean, to, I don't know what you mean about, I think like, yeah, Barnsley's is a lot more generous than Reading's one. And like you said, Reading, when they've had, they've had a couple of really bad runs, they win a load of games in a row and then they completely dip in form, yeah, don't they? that seems to be it. They're either six games unbeaten or they're three games without a win. Yeah, because there was only a couple of weeks ago when they'd gone four losses in a row or something like that, yeah. wasn't it? And they would slide into slide again and we were looking at them. Yeah, I'm, I'm still... The thing is, we've got to win our games as well. Like, but if, yeah, let's, let's look at our final 10 games. We've got 10 games left. We've got starting with Stoke on Tuesday, Swansea next weekend, Forest, Sheffield Wednesday, Blackburn, Reading, Brentford, Wickham, Birmingham, Rotherham. Oh, that's not, that's not too bad, actually. It's, it's, I think that if going into, if, we, if we're in a decent position after Stoke and Swansea, we've got Forest is a winnable game, Sheffield Wednesday is a winnable game, Blackburn, it depends who, what Blackburn turn up, that's a winnable game. Reading and Brentford are the only two games then I'm worried about. Then we've got Wickham, Birmingham and Rotherham. And you yeah, the last not... three. That's the big one. That's if huge, we, yeah. We've got to keep yeah. ourselves in contention to those last to those three. final three. And then you've got to fancy it. It's like last season when we, we knew we had the likes of Hull to play. It was kind of keeping in contention for those last few games because someone will drop points somewhere. So that's going to be huge. And I think this week is massive because Stoke are all over the place at the moment. Like They, they, they win the odd game, but then they get mm-hmm. pumped then by like the likes of Norwich and Borough. Um, Swansea fans, they keep saying it like they're, they're playing like adequate football at the moment, mm. where they're like they're not they're not saying the world alike, but they're grinding out results. A bit like us, to be honest. Yeah, there's not been many games apart from like Derby where we kind of we we were very good. We're getting results. So it's like the two ve- like winnable games this week coming up, and you, you win both of those or get four points from it, and you're probably still in with a decent shout, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, it's the championship, isn't it, as well? So yeah, you've got to expect exactly, the unexpected. Yeah. I was talking about it today, and it's kind of like, you know, if, if Reading seems to have to play all the teams around them. So if Reading lose two or three games, they could drop out. If Barnsley lose a game, they're, they're, it, it, I'm, I'm not saying they will. I think they're they're playing brilliant football, and they seem to be just be getting results. So, you know, they were 2-1 down against Bournemouth yesterday, and they managed to win 3-2 again with another late yeah, goal. Um, but if they lose one game, does that derail them? They're in that position where they could have forgotten what it's like to lose. And as soon as you lose one game, your confidence could drain. Um, you know, it, it could be the same for us. Obviously, we've got 11 games and beaten. We've, we've now lost one. The, the Tuesday game, which we'll talk about in more detail after the Twitter questions, the Stoke game is massive for a reaction, isn't it? I think with Barnsley, though, I think compared to the other teams, is they're a team now who clearly know their system. I think they're yes. less likely to be derailed by a result. Than the likes of Red and Bournemouth, like mm. they they can't settle on anything. Bournemouth like are them. lost, aren't they? They're completely yeah, think, lost in the system. Uh, yeah, so you'd hope that a Bournemouth could carry on on the slide, but yeah, I think just Barnsley, I just I don't see them letting up. And I think I think you're right actually. Like Redden are probably the ones that we probably need to keep an eye on. But I it's, don't it's trust be... Redden if if it comes to like it comes down to the last three games and us or Bournemouth are still with it, still in, within a chance, and Redden are in sixth place with like a point in it. I don't trust that Reading team or the characters he's got in it, they've got in it to have the bottle to see it out. Mm. I think I just don't 
see them as that team that sort of can grind grind out results and sort of just pull themselves over the line. I think if it came to the last three games and they've only got a point in it, I could see him doing something like something like Preston did last year and just falling away completely more than I can see Barnsley. I can see Barnsley losing two games on the banks and then not losing for the rest of the season quite easily yeah. just because they're so well organized. Yeah. And they've got so, they, their team, like it's, they remind me a lot of sort of the team under Warnock. Their team spirit seems fantastic. They seem really together and sort of, I think that's a huge part. And I don't, that's where I think Reading would fall away is I think like they've got such volatile characters here seem a bit of head cases that they could quite easily sort of tumble away or they could quite easily but they're only what eight they're only eight points from second they could quite easily do that as well borough is an interesting one mind doesn't it like they're picking up form at the right time as well well it was a classic warnock mid-season lull it was like what he did when he was yeah. in charge of us when we got promoted they went six seven games where they couldn't buy a win now all of a sudden they're fighting fit again yeah um, well, it was only one two and five yeah, but they smashed Stoke yesterday. And it was exactly yeah. what happened under us. If you look at the time frame as well, the season started a month later than the season we had under Warnock when we got promoted. And that, that six, seven game lull where they couldn't buy a win came at exactly the same point in the season as it did when he was with us. It's, it's just what Warnock does. It's bizarre. Oh, it's going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> it's going to be horrible. It's, it's be nice a... to have something to play for though, isn't it? Considering... Yeah. Ten weeks ago, we were all just well. This season's yeah. done. We're either going to go down, or we're just mid-table mediocrity. It's also nice. To, not expecting that, anything. Yeah, exactly. It's nice to have something to play for. Where at the start of the season we expected the playoffs, and obviously it didn't happen. Now, because we've had our expectations completely decimated, it'll, it'll be a nice treat if we get to the playoffs at the end of the season. And Similar I, as and I don't think, and I don't think I'll be that disappointed if we if we miss out. It feels like we're going no. somewhere now. We're building something to kind of work on in the season after. And like you said, it was just so kind of just deflating to see us mm-hmm. languishing kind of down the bottom. We we knew really in our heart of hearts we weren't really in a relegation scrap as much as we were kind of on about it because it felt like you had to kind of be not arrogant enough to say that we weren't. To be honest, but I never felt at risk of dropping. But it just felt so weird, like thinking we're going to have nothing to play for, five or six games less, left in the season. But now, yeah. just to be in with a shout. When, was, when, when was the last season we had where we had nothing to play for with a few games left in the season? That's, it was, must have been delayed. Um, no, we, we, no, we, no, we were still we were within playoffs. We were, we were yeah. in playoffs. No, now, this first season was Slade. We, were, we finished like 11th. I think the battle last five games was to try and get us into top half. Let's have a look where we finished that season. Before that, before that, you're looking under Lenny Lawrence, aren't you? No, because no, Dave Jones is sorry, Dave Jones is first. No, it would be the FA Cup season because we ended up finishing, despite getting to the FA Cup final, we ended up finishing about 13th in the playoffs that in, in the table that year. But like that's still involved. We're always involved in something, it feels like as as a we very rarely have like I don't know if you get some clubs like Forest and stuff who seem to go ages without playing for anything. Like they are kind of they might, might yeah. not be the best example Preston. to them. But, Preston but like, yeah, Preston's a good, yeah. And like Stoke, when they were in the Premier League for so long, they were just kind of floating in the middle thing. And it's like, it's very, really boring as a Cardiff fan, whether yeah. it be relegation battles in the Premier League or in with the ch- chance of going up. We're very spoiled in that respect. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. And that's why I think it was so disappointing because we just weren't used to being in that position. And now we're back where we belong again, in, in and amongst it. Yeah, I think I always think about in the championship around eighth place, eight eight to eight to five is Cardiff's default position, isn't it? <laughs> um, obviously, when we got promoted, we went up automatically, but like we're always happy with sort of fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth, just so we're in and around the action. 
It's where people put us in predictions all the time is around that yeah. area, isn't it? Is that a generic kind of shove Cardiff between, like yeah. you said, fifth and eighth, fifth and ninth sort of area of the table? It's like you look yeah. at the beginning of the season where asking our predictions, even though I was slightly less optimistic, I still went eighth. Yeah. And you went playoffs or towards the top. And you look at like other podcasts. Um, yeah, I put us um, fourth. Yeah, like people put in a second or fourth. Yeah, boys. I blame every start. I blame Neil Harris losing his job on them. I blame Neil Harris. <laughs> Reputation. Yeah. yeah. He's going to go Portsmouth, which we'll come to in the Twitter questions. Um, the first Twitter question was from John Shedd. Ben, I'll come to you on this one. Are they the two best goals against us this season? The first, he twisted and turned our defence, and the second, only the keeper could have had an influence to prevent it. Second goal, I think we've covered off. No, it was bad keeping. It wasn't yeah, the best awful. free kick. It was struck well, but it was down his throat. But that first goal, Ben, he, he showed nice footwork, didn't he, Chalaba? It was, yeah, that was a very good goal, but was also preventable. It's sort of if you're a striker, you're buzzing you scored that. But if you're a defender, you're pissed off you've conceded it. Mm. His footwork is fantastic. But I do think NG and Volk both could have got to him a lot quicker and sort of closed him down a bit more. But, but yeah, I don't know if it's the best goal. We... thing is, I saw this question, and I don't know if it's the best goal we've seen scored against us, but I can't think of any better. No, I can't think of any better goals scored against us this season. Can you, Tom? No, there's probably some obvious examples yeah. we're both missing here. Oh, uh, to be fair, um, Jamal Lowe scored a belter against us, didn't he? Oh, yeah, I'll erase that from memory. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. I, to be honest, that game I did completely erase from memory. Oh, it's an awful game. It was, it was a good finish, man, the Chalaba one. Like, it's such <laughs> yeah. quick feet. And I know what you mean about could have got to him quicker, but he puts it right in the bottom corner as yeah. well. It's some finish. Because um, at first glance, I was, same as you, looked at it, oh, we could have probably done something about it. But then I kind of rewatched it and I'm like, ah, play mate I'll have a finish but yeah the free kick I don't know how you can say that was a good goal it's just completely shit goalkeeping uh, Tom Owen Davis says do you think we can play the system that served us so well without Bennett um, people kind of criticise Bennett don't they but I think what we're seeing now is how now that he's gone people are realising what he brings to the team now I think I understand the criticism he was getting and I think he changed his game when Mick McCarthy came in he was playing in the the way that he was brought in completely yeah, yeah and i think it's a pity the timing of it's awful because we did rely a lot on like him bombing forward perry ng bombing forward and we are lacking now like kieran brown's done really well coming in um but he's limited in that respect and i think we mm -hmm. are worse off for it um but yeah and i think that's why people are saying that like, you play ng and also Tutu, like switch switch which side he's playing on but yeah, it was the time of the Bennett one is really unfortunate because he was really, really finding his feet. Because I think he was he was kind of in that kind of Andrew Taylor mode for a while, but he was dependable. He didn't expect many people to get past him. He wasn't offering much going forward. But then he, he seemed to change on recent weeks. And yeah, it was gutting for him, really. Uh, ben, next question is for you. J23, what do you think is the plan for the signing of Max Waters? Could you see him playing with more or will he become a glorified under-23 striker? Um, four goals in two games to under-23s this week. Knocking on the first team door again. Uh, I've got some thoughts, but Ben, what are your thoughts on that? He's a long-term project. I don't think he was ever bought in to make an impact this season. Um, I think it's a very good signing by the club to look at what options are available long-term. He's young, real strong sell-on fee and could score goals in the championship as well. It's a very smart, sensible sign that sort of made me really optimistic about the sort of future of where our um, recruitment's going. I'm not, I uh, no, I think we said it when he signed, I wasn't expecting him to come in and score five, ten yeah. goals between now and the end of the season. I'm expecting him probably to not feature much this season. I, I don't think he'll start between now and the end of the season. But I think 
with the squad and the sort of the coach he's got around him, I think he'll be a contender to start next season. He won't be though, mate, because we're going to sign Jordan Rhodes on a lovely free transfer. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. No, I, I agree with you on, on Max Waters. I think, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's clearly a long-term signing. He, he was smashing it down in um, League Two, and obviously that might not translate immediately in the Championship. But I think the fact that he's scoring goals in the under-23 shouldn't be us going, oh, he's going to play in the under-23s forever. It should be a, a cause for optimism. And I think the, the, the whole point is we had two strikers who could play one way, Kiefer Moore and Glatzel, who could play the big man role, and that's it. We've never had a genuine alternative to play alongside them. I know we had Mark Harris for a bit, and he did do quite well, Mark Harris. But I think having someone like Max Waters, who's going to play on the shoulder and who's going to get onto the balls into the box and be the you know the the the, the advanced striker in that sense, I think it's an important it's an important option to have going into next season. So I'm not hopefully convinced. we'll see more of him next season. You're not yeah, convinced? No, from what I've seen of him, I know he's got a couple of goals and stuff, but just watching his play, I'm not convinced at the moment. I think he had a good spell. Um, down in League Two, but I'm, I'm not the Perry and G one. I think a lot of research went into it, and I'm not sure if the Waters one was like we can't afford anyone higher up the leagues. This bloke scored a, bit, a few goals. It's worth a kind of gamble. I'm I'm not sure if there was any long term thinking into it. To be honest, I, I just I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I'm ho- I might be being too cynical and too pessimistic. It's a big step up to go from yeah, League Two, and he's 21, I think. To make that is he that young? Yeah he's, yeah, he's he's very young, and it's sort of it's it's a, it's a no brainer. I'm not expecting it. Look, look, it wouldn't surprise me if he went on and was became a thirty goal a season striker in the championship. But it also wouldn't surprise me if in two years' time we're selling him off to Warsaw for Arthur, for like one hundred fifty thousand pounds. Yeah, it's and one think... of those. But it's it's a he's got serious potential, I think, and it's one that. I think it's someone to keep an eye on, but don't expect him, if you expect him to fly out the gate and sort of do what Perry NG's done, because Perry NG's just a machine to go from in a year playing League Two, six months in League One, and then stepping up and becoming a crucial part of a yeah, it's, side playing for promotion. It's, it's, um, it's slightly different. I think it's slightly different when you're a, a right a right back to do that yeah. compared to a striker, right? As a right back, you have... The, the basics are the same. I think as a striker, when you're going up to play in a different system, it, it, there are differences between um, you know, the way you play in League Two and the way you play in the Championship. I also think part of the reason we went for Max Waters is because we got burnt by not signing Jamie Vardy 10 years ago or whatever it was. We were yeah. in the running for him with Leicester. Leicester signed him and obviously, you know, if he'd come to us, we absolutely would have sold him to Walsall six months later for a couple of hundred grand. But I think the reality was that we thought if we if we don't sign him now, we're going to miss out on another potential player like Jamie Vardy. And I think that's probably what sparked the transfer more than anything. And if it was a bit of a gamble, then I was quite happy for the club to make that gamble instead of missing out on it again. Yeah, I think I agree. Like it's a sensible sign in terms of it, it, it's not going to cost us an arm and a leg like, and it's worth trying. But I think it's just from past experiences with the likes of Owen Doyle and stuff when they've come up and uh, like th- people like Andy Keogh. I know they're very different players, different stages of the career. I think... Like when you said it could go either way, I think I'm just slightly towards the other camp at the moment. But I like Benson. I wouldn't be surprised if it was if he did go on and score 30, 30 goals. It's just I I'm being a bit impatient. What a lot of people sort of uh, you see with what um, you compare what was an injury in the starts is NG's played two hundred and fifty yeah. football league yeah, appearances, made two hundred fifty football league appearances. What is I think's played twice for us, and I think he only made like twenty appearances in League Two. Before that, I think he played a couple of games for on. Doncaster as well. He's not played a huge amount of first team senior football in the football yeah. league. 
he's got all the chance to come good, and he might not. But I, I'm, I'm, I, I like the club doing this route. And yeah, I agree with that. I, I like him. Like him trying. What's a million quid anyway? What's a million quid between friends? It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, Sean Collins, anyone else think that defeat will do us good in the long run? Hopefully Mick will inspire the players once again and we're moving in the right direction. We were unlucky yesterday with the second goal, but weren't the better side. Fingers crossed we can improve. Tim Lewis says, was that the worst refereeing performance of the season? We kind of touched on that. Um, Tom, I mean, when we got promoted, when we went to the Premier League, there was a, a litany of, of bad refereeing decisions. Have there been any terrible refereeing decisions this season that stand out to you? I think the championship has just been poor refereeing. It's from bad refereeing all round, isn't it? Yeah, it's nothing like there's not like ridiculously bad decisions and stuff. It's just there's inconsistencies in games. There's just a lot, just like little petulant decisions that go here and there. And I think you look at Twitter, you look at every single side. It's not just the ones at the bottom who are complaining. Everyone, every, is. everyone is. It's just well, the, I mean, the refereeing has been atrocious in the championship this year. Atrocious. We we look at that that Swansea Middlesbrough game. Um, that that. That disallowed goal for Middlesbrough, where Balassi makes the tackle, gets the ball, the Swansea player kicks mm. him, Bola takes a shot, and as he takes the shot, the referee blows the whistle to to say that there was a foul in there somewhere. I mean, it was baffling, wasn't it? And yeah, that's happening quite a lot. It's happened quite a lot. Yeah, exactly. And I, I wonder, like, you know, when you haven't got a crowd there, do sometimes they can sway you towards a decision? Like sometimes. It can be a hindrance when it, like you've got a very boisterous crowd who call for everything, but it gives you a slight gauge, doesn't it, when they're yeah. when they're claiming something. Something obvious has happened, everyone goes up, and you can sway a referee. You've got none of that influence now. It's all down to your decision-making and some player shouting at you from a couple of metres away. Like It'd be really interesting to see if when crowds are back in, if the referee... How the referee and, works. Yeah, yeah if, if it improves. Sunday league, isn't it? It becomes who shouts loudest. Yeah. yeah. And we who used shouts to, like, loudest, who shouts first. And like we used, we used to, to train for it. it. Yeah, we used to train for it. Yeah, like our coach would do a, if it was a like 50 50 decision, whoever shouted the loudest got the decision. And you soon start doing it in the games. And you, see, and you yeah. do see referees swayed by it. And even at a decent level, because I obviously I never played at a decent level. But yeah, it's it, it's just been so poor, the refereeing. So poor. I think it's I think it's poor across the board, though. You what was it, Lee Mason in the Premier League a few weeks ago with the Brighton game where he um, told a guy he could take a quick free kick. And as he took it, Blew up oh, immediately afterwards. One. Yeah, yeah, dunk one. It's, it's, it's. It, I, I don't know. What I was going to say the only thing I can think of is the games are coming thick, quicker and, you know, in, in, you know, there's a lot of Tuesday, Saturday, so referees might mm. not be having a break. There, there's the need for more referees. So I believe they bumped some referees up who might not have been ready, and you know, people have moved through the system. I just don't know if it's like the perfect storm of so many things that are causing bad refereeing. I really don't know what the issue is. And Britain used to be like the kind of like. The home of referee. The home of like, yeah, you you, you think of weeks. Well, Clattenburg's gone to Dubai. Um, Howard Webb's in America, like looking yeah. after their referee, and like we would seen as the best of it. Yeah, and we're not now. And it, it, the continental referees, you know, seem to be just better at the moment. Like you, when you're watching the European games and stuff. Um, you were right in thinking there was no uh, British referee selected for the last World Cup. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, there, there are good referees. I think Michael Oliver's a good referee. Um, there, there's another bold lad who I can't remember his name. I think he's quite a good referee, yeah, Anthony Taylor. Anthony Taylor, I think. But um, those two are probably the standout referees. I mean, we saw it in the Premier League, right, with Craig Pawson against um, Craig Pawson, that referee against Burnley away when Mike Dean overruled his own oh, referee. That, that still infuriates me now. That it's, one. I've never seen like I was, I was talking to speak to someone about it last week. I was like, I have never seen that at any other football match apart from that game. You didn't see it in that game either. You had gone to get a pint, mate. 
I was, yeah, I shaking my bike. <laughs> Kicked it over when I ran upstairs for the penalty. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, Ollie James, after the past two games, still confident on getting the playoffs. I think we've covered that off. And um, so, David Carter, if Harris, Ben, if Harris gets the Portsmouth job, who should we send there on loan? Uh, first team wise, I don't think there's anyone, is there? There's no one sort of squads. It's a nice coverage, but we're not exactly flush with players. I'd love to see George Ratcliffe go out and load and get football league experience. I think he's a hell of a keeper um, and ready to make that next step up under 23s. I've sort of, I've, I've sort of, like everyone's sort of done recently, got quite invested in the under 23s and how they're doing. Quality's not there, though, is it? It's very slow. It's not quite as full-on a senior football, and I think that's a big issue. It's not quite there, and it's not... If you want someone like that to sort of come in, he needs to make that step up. You can stagnate, can you, under 23s? Like, if you're not... If you're not sent down loan to the right, so like like I'd argue like more players should be sent to like Welsh Prem and stuff. To be honest with you, because yeah, I'd love to see that. Like it, you know, it's the the standards improved in Welsh Prem and it's it it's competitive football that has an outcome that matters to people. Where under twenty three is yes, it's decent quality and it and people care. Where under twenty three is like you see a result, you're like there we go, sound. I'm gonna carry on with my day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I just, if you win, if you win at under twenty three, it's like oh class. The, the oh yeah, like, yeah. If the you lose, there, it's the like, oh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. He gives a shit. He gives a shit. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair a fair comment. There's people like uh, was it Keenan Patton? There's um, Paul would do well going yeah. on alone. Um, Paul will get the Irish time. lad, uh, Aaron Bolger. Bolger, yeah. He's, he's, he's on loan already. He's in. Um, I think Bolger's back at Shamrock. I could be wrong though. Would you send Waters out? Um, I I think if we went into if depends what happens in some other signings. If we signed no, he's at Longford Town. Sorry, Bolger. If we signed someone like Jordan Rhodes, I would send Waters out for six months and just see how he does. Because you you send him out for the first half of the season and go, if you cut if you go and play really well, we'll bring you back in January and you'll get first team action. That's the way you do it. Um, I I yeah I I just it, it depends if we sign someone. If we sign someone like Jordan Rhodes, then clearly the the the, the front two that is going to be of preference is going to be Kiefer Moore and Jordan Rhodes. Depends what happens with Glatzel, but we're not signing Rhodes, are we? Surely is it? Well, is no, that, it's just, that's, that's the only rumor. That's the only rumor I've heard. Um, oh, and if I mean Sheffield Wednesday are going to go down, right? So they're going to have to get rid of him. That Patterson so. lad, get him back. Yeah, he looks all right. <laughs> yeah, lovely boy. Um, right. So we've got two games coming up this week and we're not going to talk about the second game yet because um, we want to talk about that on Tuesday. But we've got Stoke coming up. Um, ben, Stoke down in 11th, three losses, three wins out of their last six. Uh, lost against Bury yesterday, probably out of the playoff picture now. But um, do you hate Stoke? I do. I really, really yeah, I Stoke. dislike them. Yeah. Hate's a strong word, but I really, really, really don't like them in the words of the What's playing that? white tees. Playing white tees, that was it. Tom, do you hate Stoke? Not as much as other people do. I don't Let's go back to favorite. Ben then. Let's go back to Ben. No, because okay. you hate the Welsh contingent now, haven't they? So it's kind of like yeah. it's made it harder to hate them. You know, we like Norrington Davis, there, Vokes, Alan, Chester, Alan, yeah, Chester. Oh God, they got Rabby. Yeah, um, no, exactly. He's, and he's not starting for them, so I think that no. speaks volumes. But I no, I, I don't. I don't like Stoke. Like, I, I, they're a team that just. I don't. Nobody likes Stoke. Like nobody likes us. They're just another one club like us that people just hate. <laughs> They're a lot more likable now than they were. Yeah. But that doesn't make mean they're like everyone's second favourite team. Yeah. I remember, teams I hate more. I remember going to the, what was it, the playoff game in 2002, 2003, um, which is probably my first real formative football heartbreak where they scored late on in the, in the second leg. But the away game, which was the first leg, was an absolute car crash of hooliganism and fighting. Mm. 
Um, I remember it being front page of the Echo because it was like, this is so disgraceful kind of thing. Um, I've watched the so video do, a few times on YouTube. Yeah, we do We do have a bit of a history with Stoke. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't hate them as much as other football clubs, but I think it's just that automatic, you know, who, you know which football teams are scum? Stoke. Stoke, yeah. Yeah, Stoke <laughs> are one of the scummy football teams. Um, Tom, I, I think we've, you know, we talked about them being down in 11th. I think they brought Michael O'Neill in and looked like they were going to be set up for, for good football with people like Nick Powell, um, you know, Joe Allen in their squads. Did you expect more from them this season? Did you think they'd be one of the top six certs? I think I tipped them to be go automatic. I, th- I think, actually, I think I said they'd win the league. Because I just, I thought they, they, they hit a bit of a consistent form towards the end of last season. They seemed to know where, we were at, where, where they were at. They made some shrewd signings um, at the beginning of this season. And they just... It's just inconsistent, aren't they? But they've lost Therese Campbell and they've just they've just lost that yeah. outlet, haven't they? They're just not getting the goals they were. Did you get injured uh, in our game? Yeah. Yeah. You went off in that game. And that turned that game turned on the head then, didn't it? He went off yeah. and then we won it. And I think yeah. it's been the same. I think from then on, they've just have they've lacked consistency. Like even in the games they've won, they've looked rusty. And they just seem to be out of form at the moment. Yeah. And they they, you know, you'd think they would have had a push towards the playoffs till that end of the season, but just don't fancy it now, do you? Like, you just don't fancy them to go on any sort of run. And I think they're a team there for the taking on Tuesday. I'd be very disappointed if we didn't win Tuesday. It feels like a must-win, kind of, with the run-in we've got. These are the games we've got to win now to be in with a shout. Very disappointed, Ben. Is that what you're thinking as well? We get a win on Tuesday? Yeah, I think they just... I was really expecting a lot from Stoke, like Tom was. I thought, looking at the players they brought in, and then they started very well as well, didn't yeah. they? They, got the they were up there from the start. And you look at them now, they're across the board, 36 games gone, won 12, drawn 12, lost 12. <laughs> it's uh, the ultimate yeah, mid-table season. Yeah, there's no consistency. <laughs> Scored 41, conceded 42. They're one of the lowest scorers in the league and they've conceded wow. the most in the top half. Um, yeah, so what you're I've, saying is we should win 4 or 5-1 then? Realistically, we could. Like, if Borough, Borough haven't exactly... They're not exactly a high-scoring masterclass as well. They've only scored 44 goals all season. They stuck three on them. You reading these? Yeah, go ahead. He's reading the table. Go on, Ben. Reading these off the top of my fucking dome. Read out the table. Read out the table for us. Go on. Well, it's question is Bristol City. I've only scored 39. Yeah. Um, <laughs> scored three yesterday. Yeah. It's just, look, their side we should look, look. Like you said, we're looking to get top six. We have to beat them. It's a perfect game to get back on a run build a bit of confidence before that game on Saturday so I've written as the last question is Tuesday the start of a new unbeaten run obviously we, we've talked about could this be good for us obviously there's one loss in what 11-12 games now um, Tuesday's the perfect opportunity to, to reset that Tom is, is it a win is it a draw what's going to happen are we going on another unbeaten run please tell me yes I think we are going on a bit of more a bit of a run again and I think we'll win 2-0 on Tuesday Ben same question to you yeah I think it's the perfect. The only other two teams I think I'd rather us play are Sheffield Wednesday or Birmingham at the moment. God, Birmingham, Neil Etheridge, man. I mean, I feel sorry for him in a way. Like he, his confidence completely declined while he was here, and now he's at Birmingham. He must be on the floor. They are shit, and Karanka's gone now as well, isn't he? Yeah, is he? Yeah, Yeah, Ulysses coming in. God, no. Yeah, the merry-go-round. Here we go. Oh. God, Etheridge, get out while he still can. And I think that's, I feel sorry for him in a way because he, at the end of the Premier League year, his stock had never been higher. But if they get mm. relegated with him in goals, he's going to be, you know, his stock's never going to be in lower. 
Well, well, some, of, some of them will gamble on him though, because he, he still got that Premier League season under his belt. Do you know what I mean? He'll get a club yeah. in the championship. Huddersfield, again. he's the perfect. He's someone like Huddersfield coming in for him in the in the someone Birmingham go down because I think they're going down. Um, yeah, and you think what? Eighteen months ago, linked with West Ham, Arsenal, Everton, Everton, Everton Arsenal, it's... seven eight million quid as well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one million quid to a team. That one million quid. God, where are they in the table? No, the 21st. 21st. That's a team I dislike more than Stoke. Yeah, Everton. I hate Birmingham. I've never had a Birmingham. good like I've like I went, I've been there a couple of times. Like just I just really don't like Birmingham. Fans are wankers, stadium's a shithole. It is a shithole. They ruined my birthday. That's the ruined your birthday. Go on, tell us that. Um, it was Friday night game. Fee oh, went, yeah. Fee went to Union Coventry. So um we thought, right. I'll dust off the day off uni. I'll come up to commentary and we'll go for my birthday on December the 18th. We'll do uh, Birmingham away. Um, and that was the game where Connolly got the penalty given against him, which was supposed mm. to be handball, but hit him square in the chest. And we lost oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was there for that. And there's a picture on the BBC website that someone was going around giving out blue bird Santa hats. And there's a picture of me sat in the stands, arms folded, really pissed off with the blue bird Santa hat on. <laughs> Back of room. I think you should put that on Twitter. In the next that, that, that's my yeah. whole fame entry in a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, it's a hall of fame. Speaking of the Hall of Fame, uh, we're going to have the results of this of today's vote, yesterday's vote, but we're not doing a new Hall of Fame until Tuesday when I'm guessing we're going to do a Swansea themed Hall of Fame um, because that's the next game after Stoke. Um, if you do want to know what the view from Ninian Hall of Fame is, head over to our Twitter page, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, we're putting together basically our Hall of Fame uh, of all time card of city moments. It could be the biggest moment in our history, such as, uh, I don't know, let's say Michael Trumper's goal against the Jacks, or it could be something that only you remember, like, um, I don't know, Gary O'Neill wearing white socks over his, um, over his normal football socks. <laughs> Trailblazer. Trailblazer, as it were. Um, but yeah, head over to twitter.com forward slash VFTN, uh, VFT Ninian, sorry, and you'll find all the details there. Ben, what were the results from this week's vote? I know who won already. I'm quite angry about it. Yeah, I'm not sure what's happened here. Um, he's just, Matt, he's just got, he's gone for somebody, you know, he's gone for a club legend. So that's how I it's happened. He, I think he's just paying for fucking votes or something. I think it's a vote of fraud. Man of the people, once again, has. Walked it this week with 68%. Sol Bamba's opening goal against Chelsea. A game that didn't we lose that 4 1? 4 1, yeah. <laughs> we lose the game 4 1, and that's gone into our Hall of Fame over Mick McCarthy singing an absolute gem of a song and Adam Matthews scoring from basically inside his own half against Watford in a 4 0 win. I just live it. It's funny because um, I forgot about it and woke up in the middle Me of the too. night. I've had vote, I voted at three in the morning. <laughs> Good job you did, mate, because it was close. You needed yeah, that vote. Just in case. Yeah, yeah, crucial, crucial vote there. Um, I don't know, that takes Tom to what? The 47 wins for the season? I don't know. Yeah. Giving up counter at this stage. I'm languishing in the last place, so um, I don't want to do this feature anymore. It's stupid anyway. Um, so, I yeah. I should have gone for the Techno remix, to be honest, over the. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that was just left. That, pocket that, that, that for that later in the season. Pocket that for later in the season. Um, so, yeah, the, we'll, we, we'll be recording another podcast on Tuesday after the Stoke game. Uh, we'll be doing the next Hall of Fame then, but look out for it at the end of the week on the Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Minion. And that's the end of another podcast here. Um, remember to like and subscribe. Find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Go to podfollow.com forward slash view from the Ninian. If you like what you do, like what you do, like what we do, go. You can give us some money for it because we do this for free for you fuckers. 
uh, Ko-Fi, that's ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. You could donate some money there. It's not a patron. You don't have to sign up for anything. You could just give us a couple of quid if you like. Um, Tom, how much money do you think they should give us? Um, I'm not. That, that's a horrible question. Yeah, I know, but you're a man of the people, so they'll listen to you. That's true. £100 each, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> lovely stuff. Lovely stuff. Uh, ben, um, picking up your new car on Tuesday, did you say? Uh, yeah. So Tuesday's going to be a big day. Stoke. I've got the day big off day. as well. Gonna be a oh, lovely, and a haircut. Lovely. To be honest, the haircut is the best bit out of all. Do you of get your haircut on Tuesday as well? Haircut on Tuesday. What a day, man. I, to, I, think, I think us in London, we have to wait until after April the 12th. Yeah, I've got it booked for April the 12th. <laughs> I can't really even book need. it with mine at the moment. They haven't oh. updated it. Uh, I, uh, sleep, sleep when you're dead in Cardiff. Best barbers in Cardiff. Miles uh, if they want to sponsor us, have a word with them on Tuesday. Have a word with us on Tuesday because Pritchard is a Cardiff fan. He is, but at the moment he's currently the mad bastard decided to row across the Atlantic. Yeah, he has. So, and that that was a spear of the moment thing. Someone asked him if he fancied it, and he said, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" He <laughs> did. Yeah, I mean, my spur of the moment things are: Do you fancy the pub on a Tuesday? Not fancy rowing across the Atlantic over a couple of weeks, I assume. Yeah. So set the notifications on Instagram to as soon as they post it, it was open and straight away booked in because I need to get rid of this fucking... The missus hates it. She's like, can you put a hat on? She it looks it. like Lego hair. It does. It does look like Lego hair. Mm. It's Fisher not quite Price, a haircut, though. Good. I think that's probably a good p- p- place to leave it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not quite a Hitler hair. Uh, all the best then, boys. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, so this podcast will be, the next podcast will be out on Wednesday. This podcast will be out on Monday. You don't need to know this because you'll be listening to it and I've got to this stage already. Um, <laughs> but I'm just kind of rambling on now. So Ben, uh, enjoy picking up your new car. I shall. Thank you very much. Tom, enjoy experimenting with your soda stream. Oh, I will. Thank you very much, Ben. Cheers then. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN, to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 95 that's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>